The Film Buds podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Go to thefilmbuds.com slash donate to download our premium shows or donate directly via PayPal or Patreon. That's thefilmbuds.com slash donate. Thank you. everybody welcome back this is the eighth film buds bonus show and my name is henry and no chloe this time around although she will be back for episode 91 recording tomorrow on the lion king and 10 things i hate about you but uh joining us once again on our own kind of little spinoff podcast is my friend jacob bowers hello so jacob thanks for coming back on man once again, it's just we're carving out a new, a new space here. Yeah, a new podcast. Yeah, and so this time around, we're going to be doing something a little different. I guess we're going to be discussing box office bombs. And uh, first off, we're, we're going to be reviewing two kind of misunderstood commercial flops, which is Jupiter Ascending from 2015 by the Wachowskis, who did The Matrix. And then Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets from 2017 by Luc Besson. Yeah. And then after that, we're just going to be doing kind of an open discussion on the current state of movies, maybe why some movies are flopping as bad as they uh, have been, because a lot of the summer have been flops, I would say. And then the future of film, everything. Jacob, and we're just going to be covering it. it all. And we also have one... The future of film in general, overall. Yeah, 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 just cinema. Well, Jacob, how are you, man? I'm good. Yeah. What um, what made you select 10 Things I Hate About You to go along with The so, Lion King? So Chloe chose that one because they are both inspired and or adapted by Shakespeare. Ah. Uh, yes. And see so, the connection. Yeah. And so, and also tomorrow, she's going to be the host, the lead host. For the, oh. just for the fun of it so oh, wow. she's gonna be running the show so make sure to tune in for that it's about one. time yeah episode 91 yeah 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 uh yeah well jacob anything going on with you man just same old same old yeah getting ready to move mm-hmm. do you know um, when that's gonna be to south korea oh that has uh i've slowly been Figuring that out and, and letting people know that, that that's been pushed back. Oh. Um, by six months. Oh, wow. Yeah. This guy, uh, I think I explained this. Maybe did once. Did I not explain this to you before? You yeah, probably did. This guy like backed out on on leaving. Oh, oh that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. too bad. Yeah. Sorry. But at least, it's, I mean, <clears throat> at least it's not an indefinite. It was just, complica- it was just a, a complicated thing to figure out like a you know we're working out the details of a job from so far away Mm, yeah for sure but uh just my lease is ending so i'm getting ready to move out of my apartment okay cool as well (laughs) perfect timing you know move in with my sister for for the next six months oh nice cool go where life takes me yeah well i i just got an email i ordered this this rocket man elton john shirt like a week and a half ago 
uh, on from the, the website along with the it's a little bundle with the you get a rocket man shirt and the soundtrack to the film and they said oh yeah we'll email you when it ships and i clicked sh- standard shipping so i was like okay well in a few days i'll get the email guess what jacob no email email <laughs> so i emailed the uh, customer service days go by days go by finally just got an email saying hey we're going to troubleshoot this for you and we'll let you know when the problem is solved where is my shirt, Jacob? <laughs> I spent my hard-earned money on this, you know. So, yeah, yeah. <sighs> you know, that's um, that's how it be. Yeah. So we'll keep I, you updated uh, on that one. I ordered a shirt from the United Kingdom once, um, five years ago, and it still hasn't shown up. Huh. Yep. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't keep up hope for that one, but. <laughs> I didn't hear anything back from customer service, even though I, I emailed and, and chatted and called many times. I uh, couldn't get a refund. It's just um, could still be out there somewhere. It's the UK for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's so far away. <laughs> I've ordered yeah. things from China, you know, and they've arrived. It might have taken three months, mm-hmm. but they've arrived. Yeah, man. This year, it's been five years. <laughs> five? That's a pretty big late fee I w- you know i would think that they they should give you but who knows all right well maybe we can start off uh like we have with some of the other shows about just maybe not first exposures to box office bombs that'd be weird but just maybe <laughs> just some first thoughts on it do you think that more uh films are flopping than they have been or do you think it's on a kind of steady stream? I just think it's kind of a confusing question. And when you look at like the hard numbers, um, I'd say that things are, there are more flops. But um, I think if you went out and asked the general audiences, um, have you been enjoying most of the movies that you've been seeing recently? Or do you think that most of the movies that are in, that are in the, the theaters right now are look good or like, would you go see it? I think most people would probably be pretty agreeable. You know, I think, I think films just cost too much to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why they're flopping. Yeah. You know, because of a flop uh, it's budget based, right? It's not necessarily like low, low scores, right? You know, because uh, a movie can make tons of money and get low scores, mm-hmm. but a flop is is coming in under under budget, not making m- its money back. More, exp- it it you know they might look at these numbers and see this as a as a see it as audiences sort of changing. How the they they go see movies and, and changing their opinions on movies and see this as a shifting viewpoint for audiences, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just that movies are getting more and more expensive to make, uh, which, you know, and then movies with original ideas aren't making as much money, so executives are getting too scared to really make those so they're just pushing the big well-known built-in nostalgia stuff yeah. 
you know, everyone's like, oh, sequels and reboots. Everyone's complaining about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Some people care. Some sequels, people don't. man. <laughs> but um, I guess to 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 bring it all in and be more cohesive here, I'm getting sort of getting everywhere. And, and end it off. I think <laughs> movies are getting more expensive to make, which is possibly giving the impression that we are having more flops than we used to. Mm-hmm. When I think... Movies could be doing better if they budgeted better. So right. movie accountants do a better job. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, even the the Lion King, for example, $260 million budget. Yeah, and it's like... That's a lot of money. Although it, it is doing very well, but still, that's a lot of money for one movie. <clears throat> and it's like, you know, what'd you spend that all on? The Creating the movie. <laughs> they literally started from scratch. Probably CGI. I yeah. Imagine. Yeah. But, I mean, well, that whole movie is CGI. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's that. <laughs> that uh, begs the question was, is, was making that movie a worthwhile endeavor? It seems so. You know, what would life be like? Like, what if, what if all movies are just CGI in the, in the future? No more actors. Just, well, the, well, that's what some, uh, reviews have been saying is that in a way this is kind of the future of movies is that you can completely recreate a completely believable world with this virtual reality technology and so who knows this the lion king could be the very beginning of it all and you know cgi um people are getting a lot better yep um if you look at the video game market, it's a big example of that. Is that that's difficult. That's a whole nother topic. But you know, the engines are copyrighted, and so a certain company might have control over an engine that has light years beyond CGI technology than another engine. And you know, so rendering people will look better in one place than it does another. But I think the movie industry at least shares a lot of their vfx companies so um but you know you look at something like marvel they've got they've just got endless money mm-hmm. and um fully fully cgi people like uh, i don't know like the scrolls in uh in captain marvel they they just look you know you wouldn't even know right so i know it's fully cgi movies on the way it's gonna be an interesting couple of years you know coming up so uh, all right. Well, should we jump into some reviews? Yeah, Jacob. All right. The water is nice and warm. Yes, indeed. So, all right. Well, yeah. Let's get into our first retro review, which is Jupiter Ascending from 2015, and we have a clip. Let's take a listen. Stinger said that you attacked an entitled once. Stinger talks too much. Is it true? Doesn't matter. We all do things we can't explain. I said it was in my genes. A defect of my genome engineering. (laughs) Could explain a lot of things about me. Like the fact that I have an uncanny ability to fall for men that don't fall for me. Maybe I have defective engineering too. And if that's the case, is there any way to You are royalty now. I'm 
a splice, you don't understand what that means, but I have more in common with a dog than I have with you. I love dogs. I've always loved dogs. All right. So Jupiter Ascending, like I said, was released in 2015 and is directed by Lana Wachowski and Lily Wachowski, or just the Wachowskis as I guess they typically go by. And it stars Channing Tatum, Mila Kunis, your phone it's uh oh no if it's too close to the mic it's uh i'm misbehaving no no it's no you just can't yeah (laughs) it's not too close to the mic chloe does it all the time so it's fine chaining tatum mila kunis sean bean eddie redmayne douglas booth tumpence middleton that's about it i guess and the synopsis is a young woman discovers her destiny as an heiress of intergalactic nobility and must fight to protect the inhabitants of earth from an ancient and destructive industry so yeah this one did not do great uh when it came out it grossed 184 million against a budget of somewhere in between 175 and 200 million so was a pretty big financial flop and I, the reviews were also pretty mixed well it doesn't sound that bad would you say it, you said it made 184 million against a budget of 175 between 200 million so it it yeah well, it, i've heard of worse flops than that oh there's some I mean, <laughs> we'll get into them we'll get into them <laughs> all right but it i mean it barely made its initial budget back so that's not no. too good for a movie like this and yeah so well jacob what did you think of jupiter ascending this is where i first saw eddie redmayne i hadn't seen him in anything before this i knew brutal was wasn't he in i don't know my timelines was wasn't the danish girl out around that time or was that this was after he had been in the theory of everything oh and gotten the oscar before jupiter ascending i think so let me check (laughs) let me check let me check check your facts yeah keep going though but yeah but anyways um i thought he was great i thought he was the best part of the movie um 2014 for theory of everything so he's this was before or after excuse me okay okay yeah so i thought i thought he was brilliant um brilliant villain just hmm man that's a hot take really (laughs) Yeah, everybody hated him. Uh, uh, he got he got a Razzie, my friend. I think. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. I, I was not aware. Oh yeah. I thought he was great. Hmm. I you know I love me some red mane. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's oh that's fair. I mean he. Uh, I like him generally as well. Uh, this is where I learned that Channing Tatum. You know, could be a decent actor. Yeah. Twenty One Jump Street's probably a more. You know, and Magic Mike are probably better examples of that. Fox Catcher as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't Steve Carell in that movie? He is. Yeah, Mark <laughs> Ruffalo as well. That's right. Um, the movie was weird. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Mila Kunis, of course. I, I knew her from back in the day. What a catch! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Beyond that, I thought it was I thought it was visually beautiful. It is, yeah. It, it looking very beautiful. The the wedding at the end with all the white and the red mm-hmm. and um the aliens. Yeah. Well, I think one thing about this movie, and I, it's kind of 
relating to our discussion is that I think if this movie had made 800 million, it would not be viewed as poorly by people uh, as if it had gotten the exact same reviews and, and the, the loss of money that it had. I think that there are some really interesting inspired visuals. Like you said, I think some of the costumes are great. And I think that when you compare it to something like Marvel, they are essentially the same kind of film in terms of how they're designing things. And then people will happily accept guardians of the galaxy with talking trees and raccoons, but then they'll laugh off everything that the Wachowskis inject into this movie and for no really good reason, you know, and, um, and sorry, no, no, I was just going to say, and I feel like even though the matrix was successful, the Wachowskis, since they have had a lot of big flops now, people just associate that name with almost like laughing them off, even though they clearly have some really interesting artistry to their filmmaking. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I just think it's this inescapable vicious cycle where um, not very many people, to my knowledge, I'm gonna speak for everyone, but no, you. Don't. I, don't, <laughs> I don't see a lot of people these days just being like, oh, you know, it looks kind of interesting. I think you know, I think I'll go check it out. Go check it out and see if I like it. It's mm-hmm. you know, the numbers influence the reviews, and the reviews influence the numbers. And yeah, it's just it's it's vicious. You know, if someone sees that a movie got a six out of ten, they're less likely to go see it. It makes less money. If someone sees that a movie is making not very much money, they're probably going to leave it a bad review, mm-hmm. you know, but, but a movie not making that much money does not equate it to just being bad. Yeah. You know, I've seen plenty of movies that I've thoroughly enjoyed that came in under, and there's so many reasons why a movie would come in under budget, not necessarily just because everyone thought it was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so many different reasons. And, um... Sorry, I had some examples of those reasons, but I, no, I, that's I, okay. I lost them. <laughs> but, uh... But, yeah. Come back to us, you know, come back to us. But, yeah, it, it just... I feel like... Um, I mean, not to go too much into what we're going to be talking about later, but it just... It really is kind of puzzling as to why, I mean, not as to why some movies flop and why others don't, but the kind of, again, the stigma of a financial flop equating to being a a bad movie or being more deserving of being picked apart while others just like it remain untouched by or relatively untouched by kind of critics and and everything just because they made more money. But I mean, with Jupiter Ascending, I think that there are nevertheless some pretty goofy stuff in it. Like, I mean, I I am on the opposite of Eddie Redmayne in this. I thought I thought he was pretty horrible. Let's just say he operatic performance with just, the voice and the the look. Yeah, it's just that he, fancy. His lips are weird in this, <laughs> but it's like he just has this very quiet whisper, and then he'll just shriek out at times. It, it just felt very like the Wachowskis were kind of directing him in that, but I, I could be wrong. I don't know, but I'm not crazy about him. I think Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum are a, a good pair. Although I don't think either of them are given that much to do in this movie, but I still think that they can carry it decently enough. 
And I agree with like the wedding stuff. It looks amazing. And I I like the action sequence where at first she goes, are those flying boots? And oh, then, yeah. Then she, I love the flying boots. Yeah, it's a good one. But I, I think that they try and they're ambitious to a fault, really. Like they'll inject all these different fantastical names of like kind of species and classes. And, and some of them land. And then also I think they're just they're not really delivered that well by the the actors. And so they come across as noticeably goofy and uh, a little flat. Do you think they were sort of planning this to be a, like a series originally? I could, I could see that for Seems sure. Like they're trying to go another matrix route. Yeah, a little it? bit. And I, I, and I think they are also pretty decent at building a world. I think that's something they aren't really appreciated for that much. I think in this, they, create a pretty interesting world um but it's just yeah it's there it's a little long as well and i i think that some of the wachowski goofiness does weigh it down at times but i i still enjoy the film equally to a lot of current blockbusters that people maybe see more favorably for whatever reason but when's the when's the last time you you watched it uh last week Let's just pause uh, the podcast right now and let's let's watch it. Pop it in. Man, I wish I had the 4K. I bet it would look really good on 4K. But let's watch it and then with it fresh in our minds, we'll come back and we'll let the people know. Yeah. Definitively. Should they go see this movie? (laughs) Well, they can. It's uh it's out of theaters, Jacob, sadly. (laughs) Uh four years now. Almost as long as your 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 shirt wait. So has it really been that long? Yes. I remember where I saw this movie and who I saw it with. Time flies, my friend. I didn't see it in the theater. I guess I'll say that. I I saw it uh, on (laughs) Blu-ray. But a friend, we had walked six miles to get to the mall. Good Lord. (laughs) Because we were pretty far outside of town. See, I used to walk. I think I walked a few times to the theater when I was in Greensboro and I went on some pretty interesting journeys by myself, just kind of through downtown Greensboro. So yeah. this was in a, this was in Asheville. Oh, well, but regardless. Yeah. Um, we got to the mall. We, you know, we hung out for a bit and he was just like, yeah, I want to go see a movie. And I was like, yeah, why not? Because the mall in Asheville is a, it's like a theater, like directly across I've never lived somewhere with a mall that was cool enough to have a theater inside the mall. But, you know, and you have the mall here is like adjacent to the, the theater. Right. But, but yeah, there's a theater directly across from the mall. So we, we walked over there and uh, we looked at what was on. Nothing really. No. Garbage. Was, so we went to see <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah, I had a similar experience with my sister and Kingsman, um, Secret Service. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what it was, didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. And then uh, we were just like, holy shit. Yeah. We were just like, you know, she, uh, during that, the the famous church scene. Yes. She looks over at me and she's just like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. I was like, I don't know, but (laughs) this movie's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Now, have you seen the trailer for... The prequel coming out? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. I've, I'm not a very good trailer watcher. Uh, I they're too long these days. I like to sort of. I'm. I mean, I don't know, but that one's super long. It's, it's like, two two minutes. Okay. 
I mean, I don't know. Just they kind of just carry on, and I'm just like, you know, you could. Fair enough. Fair enough. I saw the Mulan trailer when I went to see The Lion King, and it was like that. That one did very. Feel long. No, that one was short. Oh, that, well. that was that was the point I was gonna make. Ah, sorry. Uh, it revealed very little. You know, I think to just to get slightly away from from our topic. No, for just a people second. are used to that. I think that production companies are worried that people won't go see their movie if they don't put almost everything into the trailer. I'm, I'm sure everyone's heard this argument before. I've seen tons of people with this argument like, oh, the trailers are too long these days. But I mean, I really think they are. Plus, movies have like, like here's the second trailer, here's the third trailer, here's the mm-hmm. fourth trailer, here's the seventh trailer for enough, right? It chapter two, and mm-hmm. you're just like, oh man, that that new trailer <laughs> though does look good. Oh yeah, but um, and then things will sort of be revealed where I'm just like, oh, I kind of wish I could have gone to see the movie and and seen that in the theater and mm-hmm. kind of would have had a different impact because I don't really like spoilers. Some people don't care. My girlfriend doesn't care. She's like, tell me everything so I can prepare emotionally for it. Right. But me, I'm just like, no, don't tell me anything. And so I, I kind of just stopped watching trailers because, uh, you know, because especially with like comedies too, they'll put, they'll just front load all their jokes and then you go see the movie and you're like, you see like one joke that you didn't, that you didn't uh, see in the trailer. Right. So, um, and it's, I think it's just out of fear that, uh, that they're not going to, like no one's gonna come see it unless unless we really you know give them everything they want just just fill them up with all of this stuff and well, then they and come and they have like well in some ways they're right you one know? second of movie to see yeah you know now I mean here's a question I'll lay on you could be. does a if a movie has a spoiler in it that you learn beforehand um will that ruin does if or if a spoiler can kind of ruin a, an experience of a movie, is it a bad movie? Like no, okay. Well, would would you like mean? or like if if you watched The Sixth Sense knowing that Bruce Willis was a ghost? Spoiler, everybody. But <laughs> like, does that mean that knowing that beforehand does that make it a lesser movie that knowing that ending? Does, what, do you think that ruins an experience? I think in that case, uh, since it's such a big twist, knowing that would ruin my ability to enjoy the movie, but it doesn't mean that The Sixth Sense is a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like as recently, I was spoiled on the entire plot to Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because uh, there was a leaked script, apparently. Mm. Um, and I've also had some pretty interesting... I tend to get spoiled a lot, but uh, I had a, a kind of an interesting, not really a spoiler, where before I went to see Endgame, I saw this article that Game Informer had put out, and they were like basing it on on the progression of of the story that Marvel's trying to tell them. They're like, could Captain America wield Thor's hammer in this movie? And I was like, maybe. And then it happened, and I was like, is that really a spoiler? I don't know. I, it, <laughs> you know had, it had me thinking about it. Apparently Marvel had, or the Russes had wanted Thanos to decapitate Captain America Woof. in the original, which would have been, that would have been awesome. I would have watched that for sure. I mean, been. the ending, 
and Endgame is better. I don't but know if the kids would have. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, but anyways, so getting back to J- Jupiter ascending, it's. I mean, it's. I think it is like uh, Valerian. It is a space opera. Kind of has the the cheesy romance and some of the the very over the top styles to it which i mean for the most part i i like and i appreciate and i wish there were more original films like this big kind of big budget sci-fi films but again space operas yeah yeah exactly but again we're kind of like with valerian most recently we're losing that pretty quickly because people are just like for example i was talking to people about i can't remember which movie maybe earlier in the year that didn't do that well. And they, um, oh, no, it was uh, Mortal Engines that I had mentioned to you mm, last year, the Peter yes. Jackson produced kind of steampunk action movie. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I heard about that, but I, I didn't really feel like going to see it. And so I thought I, it looked good. Oh, it's good. It's good. But again, I think it's this people are not, if they're not familiar with something, like if, if it has Marvel stamped on it, they'll go see anything. But if it's not attached to a kind of IP, iconic IP, it's not gonna, unless it's like, you know, even Mad Max Fury Road did, I mean, it did pretty well, but I think that we're really losing original movies Mm. pretty quickly, which sucks. But And there's a super clear reason for that. You know, one hundred percent obvious answer for that. You know, give right, it, give right it to us. Our eyes. Don't, don't keep us waiting. It's just, it's just this, the the studio heads and and the people that that uh, run the projections and and get the money and make the budgets. They're just like you know, mm-hmm. they they see how well Disney is doing and how well all these big budget blockbusters are doing and the and the sequels and the reboots and they look at an original screenplay and they're just like, well. Where's the guarantee? Yeah, exactly. Where's the guarantee? You, like you just said, you you stamp Marvel on something, you throw it out there, you don't need a guarantee. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> you know what? It's at least going to break even. Mm-hmm. You know, you uh, you look at an original screenplay and you're like, we have absolutely no guarantee that this is going to, you know, and then, and then they look at the, all, you know, the flops and they're like, well, that's just even worse. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's less... Less moolah for us, you know. Can't buy those uh, nice beach homes anymore. I think people tend to also just sort of pre-visualize what they're going to do or, or, you know, they they make their decisions beforehand. Like when Valerian's first trailer came out, I saw tons of people commenting and talking about it and they were like, oh, this is going to flop like so hard. Like, God, this looks awful. And it's like, well, those people aren't going to go see it. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, of course it's gonna flop. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting and there it, saying like, "Oh, it's gonna flop," and you don't go, well, yeah. and and again, it's like this question of what's the difference between Valerian and all these other sci-fi fantasy movies that they everybody goes and see hap- sees, you know, buying their ticket on um, opening night. You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense really, because they are pretty much the same kind of film in many ways. So. It's like Star Wars and the Valerian city of a thousand planets. Yep. And we'd be like, let's go see it. Yeah. Except maybe not. I don't know. When I saw that trailer, I was like, I'm there. And I and I did see it. I think opening night. So yeah. I did not see Valerian in the theaters. (sighs) But we're not too Valerian yet. But no. I'll I'll save that. Yeah, save that for a little little later. 
So, but yeah, uh, Jupiter ascending. I mean, I are you now? Are you a fan of the Wachowskis in general? Are you a Speed Racer fan? Speed Racer. Yeah, I never saw that movie. That's another one of their big Is it, flops for sure. I did not know that they did that. Yes. Well, yeah, I am. Um, the Matrix, of course. Uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's good. I, I'm even a, a pretty big fan of the second and, and third one. I do think they get a little ridiculous, but yeah. I think some people will rag on the, the sequels pretty hard, but I like them. Um, what are they doing nowadays? They got, got something coming up. They, they? they had that Sense8 Netflix show, but I oh, think that got canceled as well. See, that's really good. I watched or, that with oh, my sister. Okay. It's very good. Yeah. So again, it's, it's like people are afraid to watch their movies now because some of their films have flopped financially and they're like, no, that's, I mean, it's gotta be terrible, but no, I mean, clearly there are some fans out there. Um, I just think that, uh, as a creative person, you know, if you're a director or a, or a writer, if you, if you have a real hot streak and then you sort of have a, a couple downers, it's it's hard to come back from that. Because, it is because the masses will start to start to just be like, yeah, this guy's he's losing it. Yeah, he's losing his edge. What about Tim Burton? Why would we support this guy anymore? Tim Burton. Yeah, I wasn't really under the impression that he was on the downturn. Oh yeah, I mean, I knew if, Dumbo was. Dumbo. Oh, that's, an, that's another Disney live action I have not yeah. seen. I mean, that was kind of a not a huge flop, but not nearly as successful as a lot of the other live uh, live action Disney, and then also. Miss Peregrine's Home didn't do great. Oh. He should um, he should do some more animated movies. His animated stuffs. I'd love that. Yeah, up there. So, but he kind of he's kind of just drinking his own special sauce right now. A little bit, a little bit, man. So, but uh, you know, our Guy Ritchie show I think is a good example of sort of yeah. just after his early hot streak, people were just like, yeah, just get him out of here. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you hear he's not directing Sherlock? Oh my god. Three. Yeah, I I, I was uh, talking was with so uh, upset. I was talking with Chloe and uh, the other Henry on the <laughs> last show, and they they didn't care. But I was like, "Geez, <laughs> like you're like you know, it's just I don't even remember it. the guy's name, but apparently it's, it's the guy who did Rocket Man. That's right, that's Dexter right. Dexter Fletcher. Apparently, he's a very good friend of Guy Ritchie's. Oh, really? Apparently, they knew each other when they were younger, and they have worked together a few times, like a very small ways and mm-hmm. i hope that means that guy richie is going to at least be some sort of consultant or i, pro- I bet or he will be producer i, I, bet so. I hope he'll at least be like a producer yeah but uh I, I hope i was livid jacob when i saw that i was livid i hope this this dexter character <laughs> knows what he's doing sounds like trouble to me so. because you know the Holmes man deserves better mm-hmm. the downy the law they deserve better yeah the film buds dot bandcamp.com is the place where you can get our guy Richie bonus show that oh, jake yeah. was was on it was just the two of us That's true so go take a look yeah a listen yeah take a listen yeah <laughs> there you go uh all right well anything else about jupiter ascending uh no there's a great scene where uh mila kunis or channing tatum goes i have more in common with dogs than i do with you and, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Mila Kunis goes, I love dogs. <laughs> and it's just like there are these weird little uh, kind of it's a weird chemistry, a weird 
sense of like, are we supposed to be laughing at this kind of thing? Is it supposed to be creepy? And it's just, so some things like that, I think do fall, fall kind of flat and hurt the movie, but it's still about his, um, his canine ears. Oh yeah. Not, not great. Not great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Channing Tatum's look in this is not very good. He was like, I bet he can just, I wonder you know. how many, you know, I'm not trying to generalize here, but I wonder no. how many people went to see it um, just, you know, just because of Channing Tatum. Probably a lot. He's I would that, say he's got the body. Yeah. He's got that star power, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure a decent amount. So, um, but, and people went to see it for Mila Kunis, maybe. It's true. It's true. Perhaps, you know. Well, I don't have much more to say about it. I think plot wise, it's pretty standard. Pretty. Yeah. You know, unforgettable. No, it's pretty forgettable. Um, I don't remember much. I remember like Eddie Redmayne had some like siblings or something that were also evil. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's just the visuals are, can be really good. Um, and it's, yeah, it's very underrated, not a masterpiece by any means, but still worth a look if you like sci-fi movies, you know? Oh yeah. So, So. All right, well, out of five, Jacob. Ooh. Normally, I'm like right there. Mm. Not today. Take some thinking. Three. Three. Okay. All right. Right down the middle, eh? Or right above. (laughs) Yeah. It's a 3.5 for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, all right. Well, cool. I guess we can move on to our second retro review, which is... Luc Besson's Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets from 2017. And we got a clip. Let's take a listen. All right. <laughs> Leaving exospace. Three, two, one, exit. Yeah, well, better late than dead. You want to drive? Well, put, put your hand back on the joystick. Orlene, put your hands back on the joystick. Orlene, will you please put your hand back on the joystick? Will you stop complaining about my driving? Yes, I'm sorry. You're a great driver. You're the best driver in the entire universe. Oh, thank you. All right, so Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets came out in J- July 2017 and is directed by Luc Besson. Stars Dane DeHaan, Cara Delevingne, Clive Owen, Rihanna, Ethan Hawke. Uh, Might be about it. And the synopsis is, A dark force threatens Alpha, a vast metropolis and home to species from a thousand planets. Special operatives Valerian and Loreline must race to identify the marauding menace and safeguard not just Alpha, but the future of the universe. So... Yeah, um, this one is was a little more well received, I would say, than uh, Jupiter Ascending was, but it still I did not enjoyed this one a lot more. Yes, as did I. And in terms of financial uh, numbers, it against a, a budget of around two hundred million, it grossed two hundred twenty five point nine million. So it was a pretty big flop as well which is too bad um 
And so it's it is based off a famous comic book or or uh, graphic novel series uh, French from that I believe started in the 60s. And I've actually read a few. I read a few back maybe at the beginning of the year and it's a really really good interesting and inspired sci-fi series and it's actually the one that that most inspired George Lucas for Star Wars cuz this uh, the the comic books predated the Star Wars films and so he really drew a lot from uh from these stories for that yeah and yeah this one is also a, a pr- kind of epic space opera as well um and when i when it came out i didn't know had never heard of the series or anything and so i kind of went in blank but i i i love the film i think it's this may be a hot take jacob i don't know i'd say it's would be in my top few sci-fi movies of the last decade oh, yeah i um i loved it i the only thing that that was keeping me from from sort of considering it near perfect was uh just just a few minor things that i will i will get into well we're there get into it man have have you you've said like the cast and the budget and everything yet oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. i was was looking up (laughs) i was looking up to see what i had like scored it on letterboxd i guess i missed it yeah no you're fine um dane dehan we've talked about that guy before last bonus show we talked about him we did yeah um all right, so didn't see this in theaters. I think the only reason I didn't see it in theaters was because I couldn't afford to or something like at the time or, or didn't have time. Harsh times. Right? Wanted to, Harsh times. Wanted to see it. But so then I sort of forgot about it until like February of this year when <laughs> I was on I was on Amazon just scrolling through looking for what to watch. Going through a little bit of a depressive period, watching right. tons of movies. We've all been there, man. Watched like fifteen movies in three days. Uh, Good and I lord! Was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, Valerian. I was like, I never watched that. I'll go ahead and watch it. It was on Prime. It's free. Oh, so damn. What? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Gotta love it. Yeah. So, uh, so I gave it a watch, and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dane DeHaan. I thought. I thought Dane DeHaan and Cara. Cara Delvin were both very, uh, very good in this. Um, oh. Sorry, my dog. Uh, Dane DeHaan, as we we said before in, in the last bonus show, is a little bit hit or miss. Yes. Um, I think he's I think he's mostly a hit here. Uh, Cara Delvin. I don't really think she's been in that many movies. Yeah, no. Was this her first movie? No, she was in Suicide Squad before this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Um, I mean, she's you know she's more like a, she comes from like a modeling background. That's yeah, um, that's her main career. I don't know if she does music, maybe a little. Yeah, there's actually uh, I don't know if it's actually in the movie or not, but she does a song that's on the soundtrack for this movie. I'm sure I talked about how much I, I love her in our DC bonus show but um, right i um, i'm i i really like her as well i I, th- I think she's great in this not as much not in everything she's in but i i really do like her in this yeah yeah and, and jacob uh, she's pretty easy on the eyes if i if i may say <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> she's a good a good uh 
female sidekick there to be a, yeah. a sidekick. I well, guess. I don't know if I'll call her sidekick. She's uh, they're partners, well, right? Yeah. Partners. Yeah. That was a very poor word choice. Very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Her partner. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this in the la- uh, in the the DC bonus show, but uh, she is the the voice actor for the DJ of the pop station on Grand Theft Auto Five. Is she? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Little uh, cameo, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> other other uh, voice actors for for hosts on the on the radio in that game are Kenny Loggins and Danny McBride. Interesting. Anyways, but I, um, yeah, I I really like her in this. So yeah, I really like her in this. Uh, Dane DeHaan, great sidekick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the um, sidekick, right? <laughs> Rihanna, I thought was amazing. I thought she was great in it as well. Yeah, yeah. And Ethan Hawke as oh, that man. Sort of scummy cowboy. Yeah, really good. <laughs> um, see who else? Really bizarre that Herbie Hancock was in this movie. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, Herbie Hancock, like jazz musician Herbie Hancock, right? Like the Herbie Hancock. Mm-hmm. Um. Cause I, I I don't you know the 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 viewers don't the listeners don't know this but I have a, a jazz background. Oh, do you? Played That's... saxophone for seven or eight years. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Uh, I still have one, but I haven't picked it up in a while. Um, and and so I'm a fan of Herbie. Mm-hmm. Listened to quite a lot of Herbie back in the day. Mm-hmm. Still do. Watermelon Man. It's a song by him. Great one. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like interesting so weird that he's in this movie yeah you know luke besson can can just do what he wants yeah and he just uh had the movie anna come out the spy right yeah i want to see that it's good but uh i like movies that can sort of suck you into their world you know i think valerian in the short amount of time it had does a very good job of world building yes not just one world but two because mm-hmm. I thought that the the whole a thousand planets, Jacob. Yeah, the the, the aliens. What were they called? The the, blue, the pearl. Blue uh, people. The people on at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's the the pearl uh, world. I can't remember the exact name, but it's like. Yeah. That 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 did, whole um, sequence is amazing. I thought they did a lot of world building for um. For for that world, the aliens world, and then world building for the world that we mostly take place in and and the space station mm-hmm. um was amazing when they're going through like all oh, this part of the space station is for like banking and stuff and then all the robots and then this one's underwater and all these like electrical jellyfish and this is where the humans are and the opening sequence to the movie amazing set to um david what? bowie's uh space oddity yeah yeah, yeah. We're and, uh, all the you're seeing all these different creatures come through, and each one is just vastly different in terms of design and personality. And you you expect them to be, or they expect them to be violent towards them, but then yeah, they're every, all making these peace agreements. Yeah, they're all making friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, just so I was really invested in the world, just mm-hmm. really sucked right in. And, yes, and um, it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching it. And, yeah. you know, I think more movies need to do that with their world. You can't just, if you're going to have a world that's not 
our our world and like our time period now you know because a lot of movies are just set you know in in the where we are now mm-hmm. if you're gonna have something that's not that you know you really need to do some work not it is not a, a lot of work being done <laughs> no you man know? i mean even like you know we did our john wick bonus show freaking love those movies uh and a lot of world building is done but it's not like the the entire movies are not sort of focused on just that right and um you know that that that's okay for for those movies but um yeah just just great i was i, don't know, I was like i wish i wish i was there yeah man. Like yeah for, for sure and, yeah uh, all those little those three little aliens that uh had all the information oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> those weird little things mm-hmm. those were great um now the only thing I'm gonna reveal my star rating a little early here. Okay. The only thing that caused me to give this like a four point five instead of a five was uh there were these I thought that Dane DeHaan and Carl Delvine were great in this, but then there were this these random moments where all effort would just drop out just out of nowhere especially for Kara like the one scene where Dana Han is driving that spaceship into the radioactive zone um and she's trying to like locate him with the tracker and just trying to get him to come in her voice just becomes like devoid of emotion and like her eyes are dead and like she just doesn't really sound like she's trying and like he's responding to her and he doesn't really sound like he's trying and that whole scene was just weird to me and I was like Hmm. Where is the acting? It's gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were just a couple of moments like that that uh, I just sort of phased out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and that's really it. And uh, another couple great scenes were uh, the super, the, or not the, the, um, the big mall or whatever it was in another dimension. Where yes. Go shopping. Yes. And, the market. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the market. Amazing. And, uh, Where he's crashing through the different floors. Mm-hmm. And there's like a different, completely new kind of design of everything and all these new creatures and everything. It's amazing. And the way that worked was just so interesting with the... We see him just running around the desert, but then he's he's like invisible right. and he's got the... Sorry. Yeah, you're fine. He's got the gun thing. And, yeah. Uh, well, yeah that, that's one thing with this movie is there are so many interesting new sci-fi ideas sprinkled throughout this movie yeah, just, but they're not at the same time not to uh overtake jacob no it's fine uh they're not over explained whereas other movies similar to it will take like 20 minutes to explain this new piece of technology or why they're doing this but in this like there's the one with the almost like the jellyfish over the head you know where they and they can see into oh yeah, things yeah, yeah. stuff like hard. that is amazing and it's not you don't need to know the backstory of it. You can just kind of get little hints uh, of it. And but yeah, I love the kind of virtual. It is almost like a virtual reality kind of thing where when they're in the market as well. So that's one thing I really appreciate this movie for that many others like it do not have. Just all the ideas are <clears throat> really lame. So yeah. And uh, <clears throat> the that sort of dinner feast 
scene where they're mm-hmm. bringing all that food to the the king of that gross yes. alien race. Yeah, and she's the... got the giant hat, but it's actually like a plate. Mm-hmm. It's going to eat her head. Yeah, and the scene with Rihanna dancing where yeah. she's changing all the outfits is incredible. That's great. As well. And yeah, it's just, I would say, and I'll go ahead and reveal my star rating, Jacob, <laughs> if that's okay. The reason that this is a he- uh, not, that this is a, a light five out of five, not a heavy five out of five, is that I feel like the final 20 minutes or so kind of drag because it essentially just becomes a pretty typical sci-fi shootout kind of action resolution, and it's just not that interesting to watch, whereas everything before it is so new and fresh, but then they spend this very long amount of time uh, just with very kind of lame, or not lame, but pretty generic um sh- shootouts and and action sequences and but uh one other thing I, I do love is the where he's running through I guess it's after the scene that you were talking about with Cara Delavine kind of phasing out but the scene where he's running through all the different worlds you know it's like he's I guess it's on a I don't know what you'd call it like a like a gel kind of tunnel or something where he's running oh, through yeah. and there's all these different um, almost universes that he's seeing. Oh yeah. And he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just talking so about it's just, yeah. Great world building into that like underwater one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it, yeah, it's great world building and you don't need to know every little bit of it. it. It's just really interesting. And I really wish there would be a sequel to this movie. That's one sequel I really want to see. Oh but, yeah. And, and and I would recommend the the comic books as well. They're a really cool. Um, I might actually go back and keep reading them because of this discussion. So thank you, Jacob, for that. Yeah, Luke Luke Besson's sort of dip into sci-fi was like the Fifth Element, and then yep, sort of have this, you know. Yeah. And then you could say that, you know, after Leon the Professional, he he sort of decided to go do. Yeah, no, you know, he's yeah, and he got his and before that he had done um La Femme Nikita, so Mm. uh, he's kind of dips into sci fi and and a lot of uh spy action movies as well. So, although he does have a lot of misses in his career, um, whereas I mean, he things like Valerian and the professional La Femme Nikita are great, there are, are a lot of not so good movies in his uh filmography but you know having valerian in there is pretty good jacob i would say yeah i don't really like fifth element that much oh no no Hmm. i reckon i recognize its merit but i'm not i'm not a fan i like it i would i prefer valerian though for sure i think the fifth element kind of just romanticizes the whole um born sexy yesterday trope Hmm. interesting We'll have to re-review that one at some point. Get into it, you know. You know, she's just like I'm an alien, and I don't know how things work. <laughs> you want to see me naked? Yeah. I don't know that that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. I don't know. It's just she feels very like infantile and yeah, for sure, sexualized. I agree. But then you know, Bruce Willis is good. He is, yeah. Um. Uh, all right. Well. Anything else about Valerian, 
Jacob, we should do a Milla bonus show. Sure. <laughs> we, we we didn't review the new Hellboy, so we could throw that one in there. Oh, yeah. Do all the Resident Evil movies. Oh, God. I've only seen... I think I've seen two. I haven't seen... Talk one. about um, Monster Hunter coming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen all of the Resident Evil movies because I watched them all with my friend. Do not remember what like any of them yeah i remember parts of three i remember one because everyone says that's the best one and i'm like well that's not really saying much and Mm -hmm. then uh i remember the the final chapter because i saw it in theaters and we couldn't stop laughing and this guy was like can you shut up i'm trying to enjoy this movie (laughs) and i was like i'm sorry yeah but not because we're talking but because you think that you can enjoy this movie this is actually good (laughs) yeah uh, that was that was the year that John Wick two came out and Triple uh, X, the uh, Return of Xander Cage. Classic I know, film. I know that because Ruby Rose is in all three of those movies. Oh, is she? Yeah. Hmm. But uh, where were we going? Oh yeah, she's also in that movie, The Fourth Kind. I haven't seen that. It's this really bizarre sort of. Is that that murder one? It's about aliens. Oh right. It's like a it's like a documentary, but like a fictional documentary. Hmm. Not like a mockumentary. Because it uses it uses like real footage of things that actually happened and hmm. but like Mila Jovovich plays this like fictional therapist or something. I don't know, it's really weird. They use live footage of of this thing that happened where this guy thought that his family had been abducted and replaced by aliens that looked like them. So he like killed his whole family and like shot himself. Mm. There was like police footage of it happening like through the window, like from a distance. So you can't really tell what's happening, but that's in the movie. And that actually happened. Wow. It was really weird. A happy film. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. Her husband, uh, the director of all the Resident Evil movies and the upcoming monster Paul W S uh, Anderson Monster Hunter movie, yeah. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's that, that's that guy that did Boogie Nights, right?" <laughs> oh God, no, no. <laughs> he also did Pompeii. Had no idea with... that the guy that did Boogie Nights also did Resident Evil. Crazy man, <laughs> crazy. Such a difference in quality. Yeah, yeah. He he also did mm. Pompeii with Kit Harington. Uh and Emily Browning, which is about the Pompeii volcano really? disaster. Terrible film. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, yeah. But, uh, um, what was I going to say? Train of thought. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw this poll recently, and it was like, not really a poll. It was, it was just sort of like, what do you think is the best opening to a movie? And, and I put in Boogie Nights. Oh, nice. Hmm. I don't know if it's the best, but it's one of the best. Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. What the best opening to a film? There are a lot of great openings. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Valerian is um, it's a great one. It's a great one. I love Kara in this. I love Dane in this. Clive Owen as well. He's a crazy fish man, right? Yeah. Well, no, 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 fisherman, submarine dude. Well, he he's like a military guy. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, who plays the? They they go in like a submarine to go get the eel or not the eel the jellyfish. And he's like really weird. Uh that's a good question. <clears throat> I don't know off offhand, but 
Yeah, they're both great. I apologize again for that sidekick comment. That's okay. Just kind of don't know what I was saying. They'll forgive you. Amen. I don't want in like like 15 years when when fame has found me to be yes. like, hey, remember back in 2019 mm-hmm. when Jacob said the, this? The listeners are, are going to take this little audio clip out of context and they're just going to, you know. Going to James gun me. Yeah. But hey, guess what? You'll still get to direct Guardians 3. <laughs> he did a lot worse than me, though, so it's yeah. okay. Yeah. The plot to Guardians 3 sounds good, by oh. the way. Oh, yeah? Well, don't spoil it, you know. I'm about to say everything right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I'm I'm more excited for Suicide Squad. And then you say you'll cut it out, but then you won't. No. And everyone will get spoiled. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, Suicide Squad will be good, I think. I yeah. think it. I think... I think we've talked before about how he he sort of makes weird um weird characters like good, you know. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's like I know like King Shark is going to be in it and King Shark is not the most well-known of uh of Batman's villains and Right. So just it's just kind of like a weird <laughs> weird dude. Like he could put he could put freaking like Quilt Man in there and probably make a good Condiment Man. That's another Batman villain. Oh, wow. Calendar Man. All great names. <laughs> you put all of them in there. Yeah. You know, Calendar Man, he's cooler than he sounds, you know. He, Is he? He he commits mass murders on, on specific holidays and he has like a calendar tattooed on his face. Quilt Man just like strangles people with a quilt or something. I don't know. <laughs> that seems very wears, illogical. Whereas like a quilt flies around with it. I don't know. Huh? No condiment man. Uh, he killed people with like ketchup he's or got, something? like ketchup and mustard, but they have like acid in them. So. Okay. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. That's cool. <laughs> he's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> Real class act. <laughs> Just put man bat in it. Yeah. I hope that, he, that, um, you know, I don't know. We don't have a lot of plot details yet, but I, I hope that, Riddler's in this one, you know, because he's in the the original Suicide Squad storyline. He's um he's sort of like the the leader almost. Like he's working directly with Amanda Waller, where like he's still a villain, but he's he's like I can get you these these villains, and I can like I can like help you lead them. He's like a de facto leader. He still has one of the explosive collars on, but mm-hmm. he's sort of like a de facto leader for the rest of the. The villains kind of like how um well i don't know they didn't really have a leader in the last one but yeah and that's kind of they kind of do that storyline in um the batman telltale games i don't know if anyone on the podcast is gonna gonna know what i'm talking about there but, for sure they'll know but yeah um they kind of went with that plot line plus the riddler is just the fave you know so hope he's in it yeah hope they just get jim carrey again yeah uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else can play the Riddler. Yeah. I just hope James Gunn doesn't cast his, his brother again. No. I'm not a big Sean Gunn fan. Nepotism, man. Get out of here. <laughs> Craglin. Yeah. All right, well, out of five for Valerian, Jacob? Uh, I saw that I gave it a four on Letterboxd, but upon further review, I'd say a 4.5. All right. Five for me, man. Five for me. I really want to give it a five, but there are just that one scene. Certain moments it just feel off. Yeah. Yeah, man. What can you do though? 
Valerian uh, acts like a real womanizer in this. Oh yeah, but um, he's a he's a ladies' man. Loreline's not having any of it. No, <laughs> no way. But no, I think they're a good pairing. So yeah. both in terms of actors and and also just the character dynamics are pretty interesting. So like that part where he just like asks her to marry him. But he's being like totally serious. Yeah. And she's just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> great, great uh, reenactment. <laughs> so, all right, well, cool. I guess uh, with the reviews done, we can just kind of jump into the the open discussion on uh, on cinema, on box office bombs, on um, how we think things are going to go. Uh, so, Jacob, what, where are we in cinema? Are we, is cinema dying are theaters going to be gone in 10 years? I hope not. But um, I think they might be. You know, a lot of people have these projections where they think that, you know, people are going to the theater less and less. And, and you know, maybe in the future we won't have any theaters anymore. You know, people people just stop going. Everyone, everyone. Especially with this, I think, ludicrous plan to release movies on home video or or video on demand the the night that they release in theaters oh right so if you don't want to go to the theater you just watch it at home that's ridiculous yeah i understand some people don't want to go out and deal with all the people and you know because you never know what kind of theater experience you're gonna have never i've had some bad theater experiences but i've had some really good ones Mm -hmm. you'd think that if someone's going to go to a movie they they'd go to sit down and be quiet and watch the movie and enjoy it. But no, some people go to just have a conversation. I had some turd in front of me on her phone during the Lion King. Same checking that every ten minutes with their boyfriend. I had there Brutal, was this but... girl in front of me with her phone on, which most of the time I'm like, whatever. People are going to use their phones. I don't really care. Even if if like like the little light doesn't bother me. Like if they're just on their phone, but she just refused to turn the volume off. It just kept dinging. Hmm. It was just like ding, ding. And I was like, just turn the volume off. It's like, what are you doing? Jesus. Like the whole movie, it was just going off. And I was like, do you know where you are? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but, uh, and when I went to see Spider-Man Homecoming, there was some jerks in the back with a laser pointer. And oh my God. Putting it on the screen. Theaters. I mean, let's get rid of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, you know, I think an, and so I understand why why they're going in that direction. And some people also just want to watch things in the comfort of their own home by themselves or with mm-hmm. their loved ones. And streaming is the way to go. Some now people, people might have a crazy home setup that they think is better than what the theater has. But uh, I value the theater experience, and I think there are still a lot of people that do. But I worry that over time there aren't going to be enough. You know, I like going to a movie and especially all the theaters around here have those recliners now. And I like just laying back on my leather recliner with a bag of popcorn, watching a movie on a giant screen. Really just not a assigned seating. Really please. loud sound. Oh, the one that I always go to as a sign seating. <sighs> can't that's stand why it. always why I buy tickets ahead of time. Yeah. It's just cause there's only like four seats per row or something. <laughs> so, but then the one at the mall, doesn't have the recliners yet so there's like 200 seats for auditorium or something because mm. they're all like really small seats yeah oh also i had someone kept kicking my seat during the lion king too brutal so man i had the, I don't get it the phone going off the kicking 
Manners mm. are out the window. Maybe that's People, why I couldn't enjoy it that much. Every man for themselves these days. And you got babies crying, and I'm like, just enough. Don't enough. <laughs> don't bring the baby in the movie. No. Don't bring your baby to see Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, please, God. Don't, yeah. Don't bring your baby to see John Wick. See three. the Lion King. Well, yeah. I mean, Lion King is more understandable. Not uh, not Deadpool, but I get it. You know. But I would I would say don't even bring your baby to see like see like the emoji movie or something. Like if your child's not old enough to to really understand what's going on or know where they are and what they're seeing and form memories of it, like just stay home. Yeah. Well, that may be the issue because then they'll start releasing things in at home and less yeah. and less people go to the theater. So maybe we should have those kids go to the no matter I mean, what, just that so that parent, way. We can keep theaters around. Definitely didn't want to go see the sacrifices must be made, you know? Well, that, you know, my solution is to become very wealthy, build my own house and just build a movie theater right there in my house uh, with, with theater seating, you know, projector, speaker system, popcorn, right side. I never have to go out and see a movie again. You know, if they, uh, if they do this thing where they're releasing it on 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 VOD on the same night, then I just pull it up on my my own theater at home. Mm-hmm. It'd be just like going to the movies, but I'll be all by myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I, I guess an issue is even though you know some something like a Avengers Endgame, which is very close to becoming the biggest movie of all time financially. Uh. I think if if most people had the choice between <clears throat> watching that at home and watching it in the theater, they would pick watching it at home, I think. Yeah. So, Interestingly is, enough, the fourth time I went to see it, <laughs> I was one of only two people in the movie theater. Well, it's been out since May or April. Yeah, but so. the fourth time I went to see it was in like, it was like the end of May. Oh, really? No. Well, they're, it's doing pretty well, I would say, regardless, well, but. Yeah, it was like the end of May. But, uh... Man, getting hungry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got that chicken waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, the whole house smells like chicken. Yeah. Plus all this talk of popcorn. Mm-hmm. Makes me want to go get some popcorn. But I, I think that, you know, I, there have been, just this year, uh, quite a number of flops, like Men in Black is one. Oof. The new X-Men, Dark Phoenix, that Oof. flopped pretty hard. Uh, and so, I mean, there are kind of kind of an increasing number in these big finan- financial flops. And I think that, again, like we've talked about, it is partly due to bigger budgets. But also, it's the idea of studio execs thinking that they are, uh, a franchise is more precious than what people actually think of it. Like Men in Black. You know, people love the first one. The uh, others are okay, I would say at best. And like, but then they're they're like, hey, let's spend 150, 200 million on this new Men in Black. People are going to love that. Let's bring in new people and all of that. But no, it's like, we don't care about that that kind of stuff. And MIB 23 still would have been a great idea. Hmm? That was the 21 Jump Street Men in Black crossover. That oh, was right. Planned. Yeah. MIB 23. And... Uh, and then also one thing, Jacob, uh, 
with the film Mortal Engines, which I, I, I like quite a bit. And there have been some others, and actually Dark Phoenix uh, as well. I'll, I'll throw a little question to you. If you were a studio exec, all right, in your little suit, uh, you know, in your boardroom. Yep. Uh, but you are you, not one who's actually out there making bad decisions. If you, you had a $200 million film and you were trying to pick a director, what would be the qualifications that you would like to have? Well, I mean, first of all, I'd like a director that has directed a lot of hits. Right. So, in other words, experience, right? Yeah, yeah a well, seasoned in, director. Yes. So, in this case, with X-Men Dark Phoenix, while Simon Kinberg had written a lot of the recent X-Men movies, this was his first big film, Dark Phoenix. Mortal Engines, first-time director. Uh, 47 Ronin, which was another film that we were considering reviewing with Keanu Reeves, which is one of the biggest flops of all time, the samurai fantasy action film. Again, it's like a $250 million budget or something like that, and it's a first-time director who had done like a short film before that. The Great Wall did that flop? N- that flopped, but there wasn't an experienced director in that one. What about um, what about like Ghosts in the Shell? Did that? That was kind of a flop. Not a huge one, but I think it, it didn't. But I think that was more the whole whitewashing controversy as well. Yeah, yeah. That could have added to that. Yeah, but there are so many of these huge, big budget films and original films that are being given to first time directors who have no idea how to bring it to where uh, like a, a, a normal audience would enjoy or or make it a good quality movie for for what it is and so there that's another reason i think a lot of these big budget movies are flopping is because there's it's getting poor reviews because the directors don't know what they're doing i would say there's a couple instances i can think of too where like a, a director will have directed just an absolutely amazing knockout you know, film for their their first film and then their second film just doesn't perform well at all, really. Um, but is still good. I guess well, two examples I have are uh, God, what's his name? Director of Nightcrawler, Dan Dan Gilroy. Yeah, Nightcrawler, generally considered to be amazing, great movie. Uh, and then the second movie with Denzel Washington that that he did. Uh, what is it? Um, Isaiah something. Isaiah, yeah. That keep going. Oh, yeah. That movie kind of kind of just didn't really do well at all. Like uh, it wasn't it wasn't reviewed very well. And Roman J. Esqu- uh, Israel Esquire. Yeah, yeah. But and then he most recently did Velvet Buzzsaw with Jake Which Gyllenhaal. Also wasn't reviewed very well. No. Um, but it's difficult to to say with Netflix films, whether they flopped or not, because they don't really reveal numbers mm-hmm. that much. But <clears throat> plus when they do, there's no way to vet it. So it could just be fake. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have like Alex Garland with Ex Machina. Amazing. Yes. And then Annihilation, which I also think is absolutely amazing, but yeah. just didn't do well. Yeah. You know, although the and, budget uh, on that one wasn't as big. Right. And something I want to go back to is when I said earlier that people sort of, 
predetermine, <clears throat> like they see something and they're like, oh, this is going to flop. I'm not going to go see it. They already make their decision instead of going to see it and then making a decision, which I understand not everyone wants to do that because that's not a very affordable way of doing things. Um, like I don't have money to go see movies all the time. You know, I'll be the first to say, but um, I think. Oh God, they get, they have enough to pay the the Hulu subscription or <laughs> Amazon Prime. You know, they got that money. I lost my train of thought there. Um, People don't have money to go see movies. Well, that wasn't really the. Oh, okay, that was that was the end result. That was a side train. But, um, um, yeah, like people making up their minds before they go see a movie. Oh, um, at the same time, though, I think that it you can sort of predict what it's going to happen with a movie, you know, like, mm-hmm. like you can sort of look and, and be like, I don't think that's going to do very well. Right. You know, like, uh, the most recent like Kevin Hart comedy or something, you know? Yeah. You look at that in, uh, like night school or something that he Brutal. was in, you know, you look at that and you're like, well, you know, that, that, that can't possibly do very well. Yeah. You know? And, uh, although the budgets on that are pretty small, so it's not like it's a, a huge, but then he's like great in Jumanji, so it's like, what are you doing, Kevin? Yeah. But, um, so it is it is sort of easy to predict whether a movie is going to flop or not. But I think it well, would help if people would stop making up their minds before they even give it a chance. Terminator: Dark Fate, flop or hit? Coming out in September or October, I think. See, I've never really been the biggest Terminator fan. Directed because by I don't the guy like, who did Deadpool, right? Not because I don't like them and not because I'm like, it's not because I think they're bad and not because I don't like them. I've just never really been like invested. Yeah. Well, again, I think that's um, similar to something like Men in Black. It's like there are these $200 million sequels uh, being uh, hashed out because people think there are, or these studio execs think there are is more care from audiences for these things than there actually is. Like, I think if you talk to most people and did a poll, if there's like a yes or no, like, would you like to see a Terminator sequel? It's like, I guess it's like, you know, probably no, I I would think there's been enough. There's just not that much to explore. And same thing, same thing with men in black. It's like, if I had a choice between that and something else, it's like, no, I don't think I would choose a men in black sequel. I've seen, I've discovered enough about that world to know. I really liked what I saw when I first saw the the trailers. That's another thing. I think uh, movie studios, production companies, whatever, have gotten very good, very, very good these days at making good trailers. Yes. So you see a trailer and you're like, wow, I'm in. Mm -hmm. And you see the movie and you're like, what the hell? Shit. You know, so I, cause it, which is, it's, there's probably, it's probably intentional, you know, but, uh, I've gotten very good at making good trailers. Yeah. You know, well, we, um, we've had a run of these song, these repurposed, uh, songs or, or, or covers that are very, these like dark 
slow, um, kind of ghostly covers like in uh, Terminator Dark Fate, or I don't know if that's a cover or not, but it's this kind of um, dreary, um, unsettling music that they play. And same thing with uh, that new Will Smith film, Gemini Man. There's the uh, a, a, a cover song or a cover of a, a song in that. And, and then same thing with X-Men Dark Phoenix as well. That that trailer had that. And so there's this this trend. I mean, and I think it works. I, I like it. I'm sorry, my dog. Sorry about that, everybody. Duty calls, you know. Um, but yeah, I... <laughs> Which, and, and so I agree. I think there are some. I love seeing a good trailer. You know, I'm like, it just sometimes, gets me going. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to watch the trailer eight mm-hmm. times and then go see the movie. You mm-hmm. know, after, after I've seen the movie and I'm like, well, that wasn't really what I was expecting. Like I saw um, the trailer for Knives Out recently. Oh yeah, and I think that looks great. Mm-hmm. And also, um, uh. It's that movie about hide and seek. You know what I'm talking about? Like uh where the, the woman gets married and uh Oh his it's like, it's like his rich family plays this game right every time yeah, yeah. one of them marries, they have to like hunt her down and kill her. But mm. if she survives then Yeah. You know, it's called like watch out or Yeah. Or like, like, and have you seen the trailer for this new uh Blumhouse movie called The Hunt? It's like this uh, kind of cat and mouse um, hunting humans for sport. Is that, are we talking? I think we're talking about the same movie. No, this is different. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, no. This one is yeah. That one looks interesting as well. So, but I think, I mean, I think movies will always be around because something like Blumhouse, who do all these low budget <laughs> horror films, you can make a, a very decent movie for little money holly in terms of hollywood terms i guess but um i think again i think marketing marketing is pretty crucial these days because we are so oversaturated with content that it's hard to um kind of get your market if you don't have a massive amount of funding uh with you Godzilla King of the Monsters. That's another another absolutely flop. brilliant trailer, but um, and that that flopped as well. Not I didn't think terribly, but I loved the movie. I'm just a big Godzilla fan, but um, I think all all that was really great in it <clears throat> was the monsters, their design, totally, their the fighting between them, you know, the effects, but then sort of like the grounded human plotline it had the same problem that godzilla had uh where they they focus on this sort of human plotline that just isn't very good yeah and they sort of waste millie bobby brown and kyle chandler and um sir paulson vera formiga oh god i don't know where i was going with that (laughs) sarah paulson Yeah. yeah uh they sort of just waste waste those people yeah and uh but like King Ghidorah looks amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that in IMAX. I saw the first one in IMAX or the, the yeah. Godzilla. I saw that in IMAX, but uh, 
Just saw this one in regular. Can't be uh can't be affording IMAX these days. Oh no, it's 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 tough, man. Last movie I saw in IMAX was uh well, actually I think I saw like I saw Infinity War in IMAX by myself, like the third time. Hmm. But um the last movie I thought was worthy of three D IMAX was uh Doctor Strange. I could see that. Probably could have also seen Far From Home in uh, 3D IMAX because those Mysterio visuals were pretty, pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, have you seen it? I have. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, more than I thought I would. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was amazing. I and I, I liked his villain as well a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just a a really solid Spider-Man movie for sure. I think it's like I, th- I, th- uh, I don't know where I was going with that. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I think it's interesting that magic exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but all of the sort of magical um, villains and heroes, they, other than Doctor Strange, they sort of taken like a, a tech route. Like mm-hmm. Mysterio is not magic. He's just using like technology. Yeah. Well, I guess in a way they're trying to keep it more grounded. Yeah. In a way, but it, I mean, doesn't really work, but. Yeah, but then you have Doctor Strange. That's not grounded at all. No. Which is interesting to me because Mysterio's, yeah canonical power set is magic you know but in this it's like oh it's uh yeah but anyways far from home spoilers oh yeah I'll, i might i'll probably bleep that out but um because that's still pretty new yeah so oops that's yeah, okay oh it's okay i'll bleep it out uh so yeah but it, it's i think that in terms of theater going, I think that there is this, and I think both in terms of maybe what's out there and then also money, I think just for a lot of people, they're going to go see, especially if they're, I guess, part of a maybe bigger family or group, they're going to pick their three or four movies that year to go see, spend as much money, you know, as they want, popcorn, drinks, soda that's how it used to be for me yeah and then and it's probably going to be um star wars marvel uh <clears throat> maybe a, one live action disney movie and then maybe like you know a harry potter movie if it's out that year you know but other than that people are, are going to stay home and watch something you know i think for better and for worse i think it's interesting that um you know the the movie industry and the movie the movie theater experience and all that. So it's really only for like uh, cinephiles and people who appreciate cinema. Because like I wouldn't call myself a cinephile, but I I definitely don't just want to stay home all the time and and watch stuff. But um, I find it interesting that you have like people who review movies for a living. Like it's their job. Mm-hmm. They are a critic that works for a site or they work for a company or something. They review movies, so they go see every single movie that comes out and they review it. But then there are also people that just do that. Like mm-hmm. I, I follow some people on Letterboxd. They're not, they don't review for a living, but they they go see everything. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just want to go see what I want to see. Yeah, I don't want to go see Stuber. Oh, God. Stuber, like, man. <laughs> now, I, I will say, this summer I have gone to see most movies. And I mean, I mean, now I we do a podcast, so I see pretty much at least one new movie a week for it. Oh. But lately, like aside from Stuber 
and like one other. I've seen everything in theaters right now. I you think. know what? I haven't had a chance to see yet. Midsummer. Oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, just, I just don't. Like my friend and I were supposed to see it together, but he he just content he just keeps bailing on me over and over again, which is weird because he he always sees movies with me. But shame on that guy. Um, I, I don't. It's not a movie I really want to go see by myself. It's pretty intense. So yeah, like after I saw Hereditary, I was like, I wouldn't wanted to see that by myself. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but uh, but I I think that um, it's so again I think that people if they're not if it's not. And again, Disney is taking over everything. So like pretty much the movies that people are, are going to see are Disney properties in one way or the other. Yeah, I saw and, this article about um that was sort of running it down and they were like the the highest earning movie of twenty eighteen was this. It's owned by Disney. The highest earning movie of twenty seventeen owned by Disney. 2016 owned by Disney, 2015 mm-hmm. owned by Disney. And it's just like, and I was like, man, yeah, Disney's <laughs> got it all. Yeah. And so I think that if you, I mean, people, yes, people are still going to see movies. Like, I mean, Avengers Endgame is an example of that. It's made, you know, over two and a half billion. But if you look at so many other films, the res- like financial uh, intake is pretty low i would say for a lot of them and so pretty much marvel and disney films keeping it afloat yeah and i think that and so again people will they would rather go see captain marvel because they're familiar with that world or they've heard of that that name before but then when um mortal engines comes along or a a valerian comes along they're like no, that looks a little. I don't really know anything about it, I, so I, I I think I'll just wait and see see that one on Amazon Prime rather than going to see it. Which I mean, obviously, that that's fine. But I think that that's becoming more and more of a of a trend with people. At least in terms of all the people I talk to, like at work and and whoever else, like the Marvel films are what they're going to see. And I'll say, yeah, I saw. Godzilla King of the Monsters. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know there was a new Godzilla. And it's just yeah. like, and so they're they're seeing what they want to see and everything else is being uh, kept in the dark, so to speak, you know? So, no, I honestly have no idea how much longer people are going to go see the Marvel movies. Um, per, you know, personally me, I'm going to see them as long as they're out. I'm going to see them until I die. Yeah. Every time I go, the movie, the, the theaters packed yeah um so i can't really predict but um do you think if marvel movies uh and just comic book movies in general because the dc movies are still very popular uh and what you know the the remaining carcasses of the fox movies are kind of popular um do you think if those experience like a decline or an eventual death that that will sort of just equate just the death of the theater experience, you know, because the live action Disney movies and the Marvel movies are pulling in a huge portion of the theater going population Mm -hmm. right now. Huge portion, you know, you go see a movie that isn't one of those and and the theater 
will be relatively full, but it's not going to be it's not going to be packed. It's not going to be sold out. Mm. Marvel is known for selling selling out their theaters, not selling out. But, <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> you know, so I think if that ever goes away, that theaters are going to take a huge hit. I agree. But you I know, mean, because um, now we have, I guess Marvel is going to be announcing their new slate or next phase of movies pretty soon. And so I guess that'll, time will tell how much interest people have because, you know, we've spent 10 years with these huge characters and stars and now that's all over for the most part and so now we're gonna have to either continue that in one way or the other or um kind of uh introduce new characters that we may be less familiar with and again that's a whole that's an issue going on right now like we've discussed is if you're not familiar with it for the most part, people aren't going to go see it or at least in huge numbers. And so it's going to be interesting to see. I think it, if it does end up being that way, I think it could really kill the the industry because there will be, it's either going to have to be just a death and I don't know what will happen after that. Because but, they've finished their first sort of saga. You know, they call it the infinity saga. Far from home was, was the real end. They say, and, you know, like in games, like the big, huge thing, but that far from home was really the capper. Um, and so they're going to have to sort of start from scratch. You know, they've got the built in audience, but, uh, if they want to do another arc, uh, they're, you know, that's going to span another 10 years, then they're going to have to put the work in. Yeah. Cause they can't just do, standalones or just random dotted little movies or sequels to what they already had for the next 10 years. That's not going to hold up. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see because like I said, it's either going to be a complete death of the industry or maybe there will be some kind of rebirth of people being like, Oh, I guess there are other movies uh, coming out besides Marvel that, could be interesting. And so who knows, we might see a kind of a revolution at, at some point, or we might just see cinema die off in the theaters, Jacob. So, but I mean, movies will always be made regardless, but yeah. the theater experience, I, I don't know. I hope it does. I, I like seeing movies in the theater, except for all those very rude people on their cell phones talking. Oh, I don't want to be... I don't want to be part of the generation that, that watched cinema die. Me neither, man. Me neither. So that's why I'm going to see movies a lot, you know? Yeah. So. Well, something I meant to, well, something I meant to mention when we were talking about Valerian. Uh, did you, have you seen the trailer for Carnival Row with Cardi Levine and I have. Orlando Bloom? Yes. The Amazon limited series. What do you think? Uh, It's hit and miss. I, I'm going to, I'll watch it. Uh, It's like a fantasy kind of Game of Thrones esque but i mean it, it has a lot of interesting creatures in it i would say yeah the teaser for it when they were sort of on the train i was like i'm in yeah and then i watched the trailer and i was like hmm. now in terms of some of the effects not always great i thought but it does look interesting and i mean i'm, I'm here for for delavine so that uh that show that is hitting amazon soon the boys oh yeah it's really good yeah I know that's also based on a graphic novel. Oh, is it? Adaptations. But it's... So it, is John Wick, actually. Is it? 
isn't it? I don't think so. I think we had this conversation. I, I, th- <laughs> I think they've they've turned it into one though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, the other way around. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's going to be. I think we're at a crucial time, Jacob. We're going to see. And also, I'm curious. I saw some article recently where they said the next two weeks are some of the most important for film moving forward because we have the Lion King coming out or it it is out and that's, you know, a a completely CG film. And then we have Tarantino's once upon a time in Hollywood. And that is a star studded, completely live action. Um, quote unquote original film. And so they're like, is this, if that, if that kind of film flops that has everything going for it, I don't, I don't think it's going to flop, but because um, it's Tarantino, right? exactly, and DiCaprio, Brad Pitt. I mean, it, it's it's going to do well. I did think. Did the hateful eight flop? It didn't flop. I don't think it did as well hmm. as like Inglorious Bastards I mean, or I'm, Django. I'm definitely excited for Once Upon. A oh, me too, man. And so I think I think the hype for this movie is there, but they were like, you know, if if that kind of movie flops, then we might be at a pretty, um, uh. A time of change for sure but I, I think that movie of all the films coming out will do well uh so did you see bad times at the el royale i did well, how was it i did not really like it mm. so i see okay. yeah but I, I i mean i've talked to some people that did so well yeah i'm curious i mean this is also why a lot of the reboots are happening you know because yes. um, because they know that that's a good way to make money because um you're familiar the built the, the built-in nostalgia you know um i mean quite a few of them don't do very well because people don't care people just want what they want the original and of course you can't just like full-on well i was about to say you can't just remake exactly what the original was but you know that's literally already happened a few times with like the lion king and like beauty and the beast right but also, um, I think different the, enough. But with those, I think especially with the Lion King, is the technology of it draws yeah, in yeah. people. Like I, I, one of the reasons I went and saw the Lion King is because of the technology. So, and then a lot of the times these re- these reboots actually turn into to like it's like oh it's actually like a sequel, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw the new Chunky movie. Chuck, Chucky, Chunky, movie. <laughs> Chunky, <laughs> the new yeah. Chucky movie, and that's a that's a that was a full reboot, you know. Oh, is it okay? People people like it or they don't like it. Um, I've had friends say that they like it because it is like a completely different thing, and they're like, it's good for what it is, you know. But then people are like, oh, it's nothing like the old ones, and then it's like, well, it's it's is it supposed that's the to point, be in a way? You know, is it supposed to be? But uh reboots and sequels and disney live action movies and marvel movies it's too much <laughs> you know so you know a lot of people talk about like superhero fatigue or whatever because of all the comic book movies right you don't you don't feel it man. i don't feel it although i i have talked to a lot of people who do feel that so I, i'm sh- i know that feeling is out there i'm kind of get over yourselves yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of, I'm in the middle. I, I mean, I'll, I'll see them for the most part. If, it, but I, if ten years from now, 
I go to see a Marvel movie opening night and I'm the only person there, I'll be happy. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, well, any... Oh, I guess one thing I, I will mention about... Sorry to keep on bringing up Mortal Engines, but at least adjusted for inflation... Mortal Engines fan. Yeah. At least I, I checked and I, I mentioned this to you. Adjusted for inflation, it is the biggest financial flop of all time. I could be wrong, but apparently it lost $175 million at the box office. I guess office. that's like... Its budget was almost 200 I guess that's because like... um, Or that's like... Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say because I, I've I've heard of like some movies. Maybe, maybe it was like on like the indie market or on like a, like a completely different market from like big big blockbuster Hollywood stuff. But <coughs> there was like some movie with Al Pacino or something that only made like like a dollar seventy five. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, because like only like a like one person bought a ticket or like two people bought tickets, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, well, that it feels like that has to be the biggest financial flop. Yeah, of maybe time. maybe so. But I, I think, you know, like you said, adjusted for inflation, you know, if if you if your movie costs two thousand dollars to make and someone buys a ticket for five dollars and that's all the money you make, I'd, I'd say that's quite different from two hundred something million dollars and only making like a hundred yeah. million or something. Yeah. Losing out on like fifty percent of your, your budget. Yeah. Cause like it, <coughs> where does that money go? You know, you you spend two hundred million dollars to make a movie. You only make a hundred million dollars. That hundred, that other hundred million's gone. Yeah, You're never getting it back. People lose their money. Yeah. So big investments. And then I mean, and there are still a few original films that are making a lot of money. Like, but again, I think that's a a big name draw. Like Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. like Dunkirk was a hit for sure. But that's I mean. Christopher Nolan is a, has a huge draw because of Dark Knight trilogy and Inception, and he's got his um his new movie coming out. Tenant, I, I'm I dying. heard that Hans Zimmer rejected it because he couldn't say no to Dune. Yes, yeah. So I mean, I, I I'm I'm here for Dune, man. Now, do you think Dune will be a hit? That's hard to say. Directed by the Blade Runner 2049 director, which was a a flop financially. Because I loved Blade Runner 2049, but mm-hmm. I can see how that wouldn't reach modern audiences. Much like I think the original Blade Runner wouldn't really reach modern audiences. And Dune... It's going to be interesting. It's very thick. Mm-hmm. I've seen the original Dune, and I've read Dune, and it's very... Like, modern audiences, I don't think they're going to... Like, I'm not saying I'm above them because I enjoy it or understand it, but I, I don't really think they're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. No. I think it'll probably flop. You heard it here oh, first. We'll have to see. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be amazing, though. So. Oh, yeah. yeah it's going to look great. Yeah. Is Roger Deakins on it? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but... He finally won an Oscar for, for Blade Runner, right? He did. Yeah. So... All right. Well, well deserved. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else, Jacob? Nope. Cool. All right. Well, I guess we can just kind of end off. If you haven't heard the some of the other recent bonus shows before, we, we like to end off these with our top five highs and lows. And so we're just kind of picking the um our top five and bottom five 
moments or or aspects of the films we've discussed. And so in, in this case, usually there are more than two, but we're just going to be uh, tackling Jupiter Ascending and, and Valerian. So, Jacob, why don't you you kick us off here with uh, your five highs? Mm. Uh, my highs in no particular order. Um, Cara Levine and Valerian. I uh, just really love her performance and just the fact that she's acting now. You know, I think she's doing a good job. Uh, Dane DeHaan's performance in Valerian, because uh, like like I said, he's hit or miss, and uh, it's nice to see him being a hit rather than a miss. <clears throat> uh, Eddie Redmayne, Jupiter Ascending, the gravity boots from Jupiter Ascending, and the world in Valerian just really the world building, the the universe that it sort of presents to you and sucks you into and takes you along for the ride. Really yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. A lot of Valerian stuff. Just love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, me too, man. Me too. So well, how, how about you? Starting with five and working my way down. So five uh, highs would be the world building and Jupiter ascending and in Valyrian, especially in Valyrian, just so fleshed out and so interesting and, and inspired. Four, the Rihanna dance sequence in Valyrian, amazing, visually, uh, music-wise as well. Uh, three, like also like you, Cara Delevingne in Valyrian, just a really interesting, oh, fun yeah. performance, and uh, I, I I really like her in it as well, as well as the character of of Loreline in just a, a sci-fi context. Then the sci-fi ideas, mostly in Valyrian, some in Jupiter Ascending, but more so in, in Valyrian. Yeah, just that's like, something I wanted to mention as well. Yeah, just like, yeah, like we said, just kind of sprinkled throughout, very um, interesting to think about, and um, they don't over-explain themselves. They just l- let the world be as it is. And then one, the originality of, Vir- of Valyrian and the non-franchise-oriented style of it. it's just a its own thing and while it is based off a comic book ser- series it just feels very standalone and um just telling one story you know and i love that so all right well lows jacob it's time for lows lows that one scene from valerian that uh that I feel that the acting sort of just drops out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if you're at home, pop it in your DVD player and check it out. Go check out that scene. Yeah. Uh Channing Tatum's dog ears. Brutal. A little rough. Yeah. A little little rough. <laughs> yeah. Um These are always so much more, so much more difficult. Because, you know, talking about love in the movie. Yeah, man. Eddie Redmayne? <laughs> <laughs> I like him. Yeah, I know. Uh, the fact that Jupiter Ascending was kind of just like forgettable, you know, I, I feel like as opposed to Valerian, mm-hmm. it had a big opportunity to 
build this a really interesting sci-fi world and it sort of just didn't yeah um train keep, keep thinking of more like positives yeah well you want you want me to go i only got two more all right we're all good right, we're all good right. <laughs> um The fact that Valerian could not just be a longer movie. It's just more <laughs> sure. More to do in that world. Yeah. You know. Or a sequel. Or no, perhaps sequels, just you know. a couple more hours. Okay. Three <laughs> three and a half long hours long. Yeah. Uh Some, probably something else about Jupiter ascending. Probably just uh, well, well. I have one that maybe you'll you'll agree with. So, okay. uh, one five for me is that I had forgotten to mention it in our review. It's the the goofy like Russian family of Mila Kunis. Oh, God, at the beginning, yeah. just yeah, terrible, yeah, 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 yeah. so over the top and unnecessary. Yeah, so that's Jacob's uh, <laughs> number one. So, yeah, just not enjoyable not really that funny unnecessary four is like you said channing tatum's look in jupiter ascending just not very lame and silly dog man yeah the ears are terrible his hair um all that stuff uh and then the final sequence in valerian that just kind of falls into pretty generic um storytelling and and resolutions and and then also the goofy script in, in, in Jupiter sending the idea of just these injecting weird ideas for the hell of it, which at times works and I applaud them for doing it, but it needed to be handled with a little more finesse than it was. And so I, I, I guess the goofy script combined with the weak direction, some of those sequences just didn't really help build the world and kind of took you out of it. Um, and then number one, Mr. Redmayne and Jupiter ascending. So, very that's it controversial there yeah man complete opposite ends of the pole hot take hot take <laughs> hot take it's all about hot takes here yeah so all right well i guess i guess that about does it jacob do you have anything else you want to throw in no it's yeah. a good show yeah can't wait for the next one yeah man uh and so yeah i guess that about does it for us this time around make sure to to follow us on social media Donate to the show on, at thefilmbuds.com and you can follow all of our upcoming episodes and all that stuff. And I run it all myself so you can just keep, uh, you know, give it a, a click. You know, give those posts a click every once in a while. Um, and so, yeah, tomorrow, which I guess is is Sunday, we're going to be uh, back doing the regular show on The Lion King and 10 Things I Hate About You. And Chloe will be back as we as we mentioned. And uh, the Music Buds is still coming up. We're going to try and maybe do that on Monday, uh, a couple days from now. And so, I'll, you know, plenty of content coming your way in one way or the other. And uh, so that's going to be some stuff to look forward to. And I'm not sure about in terms of our next bonus show. I don't really know just yet. Um, maybe, Jacob, if you want to come back, man, we'll figure out another one to do. I don't know. I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering if I should go see a movie tonight. Maybe man. I'm gonna go see Crawl. Oh, oh! I saw Crawl. It's good. Is it? It's good. No, it's I like good. genuinely. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, 
Who's it? Isn't it directed by Sam Raimi? Produced. Produced. It's done by Alexander Aja, who did Horns and the Hills Have Eyes remake. The one with yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. He's in... I saw a trailer. Have you seen The Lion King yet? Yes. I saw a trailer before The Lion King for Playmobil, the movie. You know, the... Um, no. It's it's that brand of toys that... Uh, hold on, let me, let me show you. You okay. know, because we've got like the Lego movie now. Right. And uh, the Emoji movie. Yeah. I feel like this is definitely because of the popularity of um of the Lego movie. Yeah. We have Angry Birds as well. No. Got, Good Lord. I Playmobil the movie. I have not I, I, I did not <laughs> see the trailer for that. James Bond looking guy here is the main character voiced okay. by Daniel Radcliffe. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll I'm I'm sure Chloe will be in for that, so. It's it's a real Yeah. Interesting, you know. Yeah. So cinema at its finest, you know. Jim Gaffigan. No, oh, cool. <laughs> there you go. There yeah. you go. Um, but yeah, so uh not really sure about what the next bonus show will be, but you know, we'll keep you updated. And if you have any ideas, the film buds podcast at gmail.com is where you can send us your, your questions, comments. If you're a first time listener or if you've been listening for a while, we'd love to hear from you. And if you just want to say hi, say hi, you know, or if you want to give us a suggestion about anything, please do rate the show on iTunes. You know, it helps us get uh, more exposure. Uh, well, Jacob, man, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time, taking the drive. You know, it's always great to see you. No problem. And I guess we're going to go enjoy a little chicken. Are we not? Yeah. The gracious mother generosity yes of, of the fairies of uh, henry's family yes thank you so much uh, taking me under their wing <laughs> hey you're moving in tomorrow no so all right well we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did and we'll see you next time <laughs>